Good morning. Yay, God. <laughs> it's a good day, isn't it? It's a beautiful day, huh? I don't know about you. I, I, I don't know. I love all the seasons, actually, so I'll probably say it about every season, but I love springtime, and, um, and it's beautiful. Boy, it's beautiful outside, and, and um, I surrendered my life to Jesus at the age of 20 this time of year. And uh, and so I, whenever whenever uh, all the <clears throat> oak trees get green again and and the sky is blue and everything's blooming, I often remember those days just driving around by myself as a young man. Just I'm still a young man, hallelujah, but uh, um, a younger man. But uh, uh, <clears throat> just looking around and seeing God everywhere—it's amazing. It, it doesn't get old. You know, well, let's put it this way. He doesn't get old. (laughs) So if it starts to get old, just take another look at him. (laughs) That's a good word, right? (laughs) That'll preach, Shelly said. (laughs) Uh, Really appreciated the worship this morning. I know we already cheered for the worship team, but, you know, I was just thinking how often we take for granted um, those that... uh, we don't, not in a, you know, not in a bad way. We just don't think about it. That's what it means to take it for granted. That, um, that you know, how much uh, effort goes into preparing and and uh, to lead worship. And then, you know, they they come and they lead us and we all go into the presence of God together. And and it has a lot to do with what our worship teams do for us. And they, they lead us. And so, you know, we really appreciate that, don't we? Yeah, I think we should just give them one more cheer. Come on. Come on. And uh, so good. We were up last week, I guess it was, celebrating David's birthday. Did you guys all know he had a birthday? I'm sure you probably all celebrated. Happy happy birthday still. We call it birth month in my family. We milk it as long as we can. But, uh, <laughs> right? It was birth week and then birth month. And I think we should keep it there. Otherwise, it just gets ridiculous. But, um Hey, um, we're going to turn in our Bibles. I'm going to pray here first, but just to give you a heads up, we're going to be going to John 15 this morning. I want to talk about abiding. (laughs) And uh, and so let's just pray. Uh, Who, you know, let's just turn our affection and our attention to to him. Holy Spirit, come. (laughs) Come, Holy Spirit. Just have your way. We welcome you. We recognize you. We don't say, come Holy Spirit, as if you're not here, that we're hoping that you'll come. But we just saying, we say, when we say, come Holy Spirit, we're saying, we love you. We recognize you. We welcome you. And we ask you to manifest yourself here in power and in beauty. And Lord, we thank you for your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That's what... That's what Paul prayed. He said, I pray that God will pour out on you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And, and that's a beautiful thing because only God can reveal God. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so Father, we thank you for doing just that. We thank you for your, um, your angels that are here this morning, guarding, protecting, but not only that, ministering and uh, and releasing understanding by your spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yea, God. John 15. Uh, I'm turn there. And uh, so join me if you can. There we go. John 15. We're going to talk this morning about abiding. Ah, so good which basically is life. And, um, and so I'll just read verses 1 through 8, and then we're going to come back and, and start from there. So uh, Jesus said this. He said, I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes. He prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. Powerful. Vine dresser... The Father's the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. The Father is the vine dresser. And um, 
And so the father, if you study that word, it can mean um, uh, like in the in the Old Testament, they use the word husbandman. But it's a similar term. It means like the tiller of the ground more more effectively here in this context. It's the one who works. Hey, Shannon. Good to see you. And um, and uh, it's the one who works the ground, works the vineyard. And so he tills the ground, but he also tends to the vine. And, uh, and Jesus is the vine. And, um, and he says that every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes it away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. That word prune, we all know that to prune a vine means that you're cutting something, right? But the word is an interesting word there in the Greek. It, it actually means clean. He cleans it. It's powerful. And I was just in my backyard yesterday doing some of that. And, um, but, uh, so you are already clean, he says, because of the word which I have spoken to you. And then he says this, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, you can do things, right? But just nothing that matters. <laughs> you know? Nothing that really counts. Yeah, and by matters, you know, we measure that. What matters, we measure that by eternity. And so Jesus is thinking eternally. And so apart from me, you really can do nothing. Because here's the thing. Someday, we're going to walk through the fire. And, and we'll, we'll have done a lot of things in our life. And, and it says that some things are going to make it through that fire and some things will not. Wood, hay, stubble. There's a lot of things that we'll do that we'll just get through and go, where'd that go? I don't know. It didn't make it. Got burned up. But we'll have, we'll have gold and silver and precious jewels. These are the, 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 the works that we've done basically out of abiding in Christ, eternal fruit. And so, um, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6. It, um, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. They gather them, cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, just a little light conversation from Jesus here. But, uh, <laughs> but if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's a good word, huh? Yeah. Whatever you wish? Come on. Come on. If we're abiding. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. Powerful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for teaching us what it means to abide. It would be more than an idea or a Christian teaching, but it would be our life. Amen. Yeah, you know, it's been a full week. Uh, this last week, we've been going like crazy. We're wrapping up. Some of my uh, students are here. Wave, you guys. Come on. Thank you for coming. Love you. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, but we've been going like crazy. We've, we've, uh, we've had end of the year party, and we do a whole nighting ceremony, which is like a, a commissioning where every single one of the, like, 1,200 First-year students gets commissioned, and uh, it's a powerful, powerful day. And um, yeah, and then we we uh, followed that right up on Friday with a wedding, right? So there's a couple that met in my revival group this year. Um, they're not twenty. You might say, "Well, that's mighty soon to get married." They're not, you know, they're not twenty years old, so they know what they're doing. But they, um, you know, what I'm saying. They got life experience, and anyway, it's a beautiful thing. They, uh, they got married, and I had the honor of officiating the wedding on Friday at its, uh, Lake, Lake Redding Park. Aren't weddings beautiful? And um, they were God's idea. And, uh, and so um, yesterday, kind of just had a day, finally, uh, um, of downtime for about half the day. I ended up getting out in the yard, though. I thought, i got to do something. Or, you know, you just you got to get something done, or you don't feel that good sometimes. And got out in the backyard, plus I thought that yard's going to be a jungle by next week. And um, and was out there, and my son came out. I'd mowed the lawns, and we have all these trees in this house that we have down there. And um, there's like crepe myrtles, and and they're beautiful. Look at these flowers all over them. And and um, but man, in the springtime, they just start turning into bushes, you know. And so if you want them to look good, you got to clean them. And all these little 
all these little suckers, they call them, start sprouting off. And, and there's an orange tree there. And that thing, it, I don't know. It's not, it's maybe, it's maybe only about this tall, but there's, it looks like hundreds. It can't be that many, but it looks like hundreds of little oranges are sprouting up on that thing. And, um, and so fruit, much fruit. It's a good word. My son came out and uh, the Lord's just speaking to me when I'm out there and, and uh, my son came out, what are you doing, dad? I had just mowed everything, you know, and I'm out there trimming all the trees and, and, um, and uh, I said, oh, you know, just, uh, just got done with the lawn, trimming up the trees. As he walked away, I thought, you know what I'm doing? I'm taking away the branches that aren't bearing fruit, actually. And I'm like, this is hitting home. I've never, I've never had a fruit tree that I've trimmed myself, you know, and, and it's exactly what you do. You look in there and you're like, that new, new little thing's sprouting up. You know what? It's just taking water and nutrients. And I'm in there kind of clipping it up. And, um, and so the Lord just talked to me about abiding. And really, when I think of abiding, don't you love the word abiding? Because it sounds like rest, doesn't it? And I was thinking, you know, have you ever looked at, have you ever looked at a branch on a vine or a tree and thought, man, that thing's working hard. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. But and yet, as Christians, somehow we turn abiding into hard work sometimes, don't we? Walking with the Lord becomes. I don't know how we do it, but we we basically what happens is when we start getting our hands on things instead of just abiding, it starts getting stressful. And um, and whatever he's saying, you know what? If I, I can just walk with him and rest, and there's fruit. And um, but when I, whenever I start steering everything and grabbing a hold and trying to control all the factors, you know, it gets really stressful quick. How many? How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it happened to me once. And um, just kidding. So, <laughs> but uh, I just think you get you get quicker at surrendering. You you learn how to surrender better. Um, but it's it's a it's a constant choice and. But I tell you, it's the way to live. It's it's the way of rest. It's the way of peace. It's the way of life and beauty. And and um, <clears throat> but you know, it is the Father's will that we bear much fruit. Isn't that good? It's God's will, and um, He wants you to bear a lot of fruit. And um, and so sometimes we hear this, and I think uh, subconsciously, I don't think we do it consciously, but we start trying harder as Christians. Maybe whatever the emphasis is, you know, maybe it's like. I gotta win more people to the Lord, and I believe in that. I believe in being a light, letting it shine, and not covering it up, you know. But, but man, you know, when we're trying to earn something by what we do, that's when it all starts going south. You know, your peace goes out the window. And um, I do this thing that I learned the Lord taught me years ago that when I'm going throughout my day and I don't feel at peace, sometimes you don't know when it happened. You were doing really well, and then you're like, I don't know what's going on. And uh, sometimes your peace, sometimes you know what you're thinking about, but sometimes a thought comes to your mind, keeps on going, and it just takes your peace with it. You can't even remember what the thought was, you know? So what I learned to do is I learned to say, Holy Spirit, what did I think about? And I just wait for a minute, and he, he reminds me, and I went, oh, that's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that does concern me. All right. Wow, Lord, I give that to you. Thank you that you've got that under control. And, um, and, and so, and so what happens, you feel the presence of God just increase right there. And this is a part of abiding. And so today I want to talk about abiding, what it is. And, um, and oh, we have plenty of time. And uh, today I want to talk about abiding, what it is. And then I actually want to give you, um, three keys to abiding practically that the Lord has taught me. Cause I think sometimes we have these amazing spiritual truth right but how do you do it you ever wonder that but how do you do it you know and and so uh, i want to give you some keys today that work for me and uh, and and i believe they're kingdom keys and so uh get ready for that if you're taking notes enjoy um and so uh <clears throat> what does it mean to abide here what i did a little say means to remain to abide um in reference to a place yeah, so it means obviously not to depart, don't leave. Um, to continue to be present. Oh, that's key. That's key because you know he he's, he calls himself the great I am, present. And one of the keys that I noticed to to uh, recognizing and stewarding 
hosting, we call it, the presence of God in my own life. That means I feel the presence of God throughout the day on a daily basis, wherever I am. That the presence of God isn't localized to church. That we are the church. And so, um, and so, uh, what, that's one of the keys that I've learned. And this isn't one of the three, but being present. Simply being present. Because, uh, on a side note here, but it's kind of an important note, that what the enemy seeks to do is this abiding thing is what it's all about. And so everything that the enemy is trying to do is to try to take you out of this place of abiding. And he'll, and he'll use anything. He wants to push you into the past with regret. Where you're just beating yourself up over stuff that you did or wish you'd have done better. Or he wants to push you into the future about worries. I don't know how that's going to turn out. What am I going to do if this happens? And, and, and so whatever it is, I'm not present anymore. So I'm not abiding. And because God is now, he's the one who is. He is alive. He's here now. And so I, I began to practice actually, uh, actually super practically. And nobody, the Lord just taught me this. But I'd be driving my car and I'd go, well, there's the steering wheel. I'm just going to start focusing on what is right here, right now. And you know what? I'd suddenly find I'm in the presence of God because he's there all along. And often we're saying, God, come, where are you? And he's like, where are you? (laughs) And it's not physically, where are you? It's, where's your mind? It's important. And so, um, so uh, in reference to time, it all has to do with being present. To continue to be, not to perish, to last, to endure, of a person, to survive, to live, in reference to a state or condition, uh, to remain, here, I like this, To remain as one. Not to become another or different. Sometimes we do that with people. We make people another or different. And we can do... And sometimes we do that with God when we're thinking about things in our life apart from Him. And so... And so... uh, And it means to wait for. So good. It's resting. So we're meant to have a spiritual, emotional, and physical relationship with God. So good. Aren't you glad? Like, not, not, not an intellectual. This, none of us are here this morning, right? Like, I doubt any of us would be here this morning if it was just about these intellectual ideas, a list of uh, creeds and, and rules that we are all agreeing to abide by that we've joined a club. And, um, you know, I mean, we can do it. There's a ton of clubs out there, but we're here this morning because of Christ. And, um, and but, but, But I want to highlight these three things that our relationship, our abiding in Christ is not just an idea, but an experience. And it is meant to be not only spiritual. Yes, spiritual. See, spiritually, you are one who if anyone is in Christ there, you guys are one spirit with the Lord. Okay, and so spiritually, when you've been born of the spirit, spiritually, you cannot be separated from God. That's not our struggle. That's the part God did that's not up for debate anymore. Okay? The, the main part that we have to play is it, it affects our emotional and our physical relationship with God. In other words, how much am I aware of His presence in my life? And that has everything to do with this right here. What I'm thinking. What I'm believing. And so I want to say it one more time. Spiritual, emotional, and a physical relationship. All that, that means spiritually I'm one, but emotionally I experience the affection of God. I don't just believe this, this idea. It is a cosmic truth that God loves me, that God is love. That is true. That's settled forever. Nothing can separate me from his love. But it's more than just a truth or an idea. It's actually an experience. And so when I experience the love of God, how many know there's emotions involved? Like, have you ever have you ever known a human being that you just deeply love? And you're like, I just deeply love Fenton. I just never feel anything for him at all. Like, it's just, it's impossible. It's impossible to be in love and not to have feelings. And love's not a feeling, but, but, 
but emotion, the emotional experience, the like, you know, what is a affection is a feeling, and 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 I think that's I love to use the word affection because God doesn't just love us stoically; He is passionate and affectionate toward us. Oh, and you can see it in the life of Jesus, like when. You can see, when you really read the, the, the text, when you really read the life of Jesus, you, you listen to the things he said and you see the things he did and how he expressed himself. Man, I just, I don't know about you, but I picture Jesus and I believe this is the truth, that Jesus was constantly a man full of emotion. I mean, Lazarus dies, he cries in front of everybody. He's about to raise him from the dead. Jesus, why are you crying? You're the answer. He even knew he even waited, knowing that Lazarus would pass, if he waited, and that he would come and raise him from the dead. He knew all that, and yet Lazarus passed, and he takes a minute before he raises him and weeps for his friend Lazarus. Lazarus. Isn't that amazing? You know, and he, and he, he, just listen to the affection in his heart. You know, he looks over Jerusalem, and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I longed to gather you. You know, like with his disciples, it's getting toward the end of his ministry and he knows he's going to be crucified and, and raised. And he's going to ascend, you know, and he's and he, you can see it. it's Jesus. And he's like, he's like, there's so many things I want to say to you guys. I mean, the perfect son of God is in touch with these emotions. He's like, I know it's going to be all right. I know the cross is a finished work, but I still wish there were some things that I could tell you. You just, you're not ready for it. And there's an ache in my heart about that. Because I love you. And this, and, and, and isn't that powerful? So we know what Papa is like because Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. And so there's an emotional connection. And it goes two ways. When we experience the love of God, we, we, we overflow and it goes back to him, doesn't it? I, uh, how many just love that those times, you know, when you're just like you just caught off guard sometimes and you're like, I love you. Oh, I love you, Lord. I do love you. We were singing that song. Um, you know, Fent and I were just fellowshipping for a minute during worship about that song. You know, it says um, you're a good, good father and I'm loved by you. I like the next part. It's who I am. Isn't that a good word? Who are you? Oh, I'm the guy that God loves. It's a good word. You know what? You should just look to somebody and say, I'm the person God loves. Go ahead. Do it. We'll just do it one more time. Just like you believe it. <laughs> That's a good word. And that actually defines you. And physical. It's a physical relationship because being filled with the Holy Spirit is a physical experience. I've never known anybody who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit and didn't feel something physically. And so, I love Charles Finney's account of the baptism. A, a guy heard all the ruckus in the office, and he comes in. He says, Mr. Finney, are you okay? And I love the way they spoke back then. And he was a lawyer, so he was well. So he, and he's, he's on the ground completely undone, and he, his answer, Mr. Finney, are you okay? He says, I'm so well that I cannot live. <laughs> Even then, he sounds composed, you know, and he's completely undone. And, um, and so, um, yeah. It's an experience. Jesus said, Jesus stood up the feast and he said, all who are thirsty, come and drink. You ever, you ever realize drinking is an experience? And when you drink water, when you drink liquid, so come unto me and drink. Everything about Jesus, none of it was offering. Uh, he, none of what Jesus did was offering like, all right, guys, here's the new contract. Here's the new, here's the upgrade. You know, he was just revealing the Father everywhere he went. Come drink. Come taste. Come experience. And he never taught without doing something. Like he was doing stuff everywhere. Casting out devils, healing people. So God is an experience. He's the vine. So uh, here's what I love about this. The fact that he's the vine, okay? What responsibility does a branch have? Stay in the vine. It's a good word. But you know what the vine does? You know, you know what? Being rooted in the vine, if I'm the branch, do you know what that means? I don't got to think about, I don't have to think about the soil. 
I don't have to think about the nutrients. I don't have to worry about if there's enough water. I don't have to worry about anything. Honestly, as long as I'm abiding, I don't even have to worry about how the branch looks because the Lord's going to come along and trim it up. You know, which I love. Don't you love that? He's like, if you don't bear fruit, take it away. If you do, just cut you just a little. And <laughs> those, <laughs> those pruning shoes are coming, okay? <laughs> and, but it's beautiful. And, uh, but anyway. <laughs> but he doesn't do it by giving us uh, hardships. He, he speaks to us. And, um, and he moves us with repentance. And so bringing us to a higher level. All right, so, um, so the branch, when you look up the word branch, you know, I like the wording. It says it's a tender, flexible shoot. Well, that's a good word, right? It's tender and flexible, too. Not only my branch, just abiding, resting. I'm like looking at those, that orange tree, and I'm like, what are those branches doing? Nothing. Living the good life. And look at all those oranges. This is the life that God has really called us to live. A fruitful life of rest. Oh. And, and really, if you think, like all of life, he goes, I want you to bear much fruit. Some of us here build me lots of stuff. Do things for me. No, I want you to bear fruit. You know, the God of all life, you notice that like... all. All, all of the fruit, all things that are alive come out of relationship with something. Like the, vi- the branch and the vine. You know, people get married and have kids. You, you get baptized in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit starts coming out in your life. You know, I mean, you ever try to work on patience? I'm going to make myself more patient. How'd that work out for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, by working on it, you let the Lord have his way and uh, and he changes us. And so um, when I was um, early on, you know, I was experiencing God in those early years pretty powerfully and um, and and just really experiencing the I was aware of God's presence. And I was learning to abide in those days by a spiritual father who began to teach me more about what I was experiencing, Okay, which was the Lord. But. But he began to teach me that actually, if you focus on that, that will increase in your life. Oh, and he didn't sit me down and just say that to me one day. He brought me to his house and he said, here, eat a steak. Let's have some German chocolate cake. Let's go in the next room, put on some worship music. Next thing you know, we're all blasted, you know, and and, and I learned from him. Blasted means touched by God. And I, I learned I learned from him. That, that <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, and he began to teach me about hosting the presence. And, and so, um, anything that you steward increases in the kingdom. And so with the presence of God abiding, what we're, what we're not trying to do is earn anything. So what you do is you, 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 you recognize where God is and what God's doing. And then you stare at it. And you thank him for it. And you say, have your way. I love what you're doing. And before you know it, I feel the witness of the Holy Spirit right now. And um, just receive, you know, just just receive. And, um, you know, when Jesus says, you know, there's a lot of things that you can teach about from this passage. You could talk about fruit. You could talk about pruning. You could talk about all that. We're focused on abiding today. And um, and so. Jesus says whatever fruit, whatever branch doesn't bear fruit gets taken away, right? And I thought, now, that could sound like a super harsh thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, no fruit, you're out of here. And, um, but when you really realize what he's saying is, abide in me and you will bear fruit. See, it's not actually the lack of fruit that get necessarily that gets that branch clipped off. It's the fact that that fruit is not abide, that branch is not truly abiding. In other words, what Jesus is looking for is a marriage. And, and, and so, when you're abiding, there's fruit. So you know what, you can go around going, I better get some fruit on me, man, or the Lord's going to come and 
Take me. No, no. Rest. Abide. And you'll turn around. You'll have so much fruit. You know what I'm saying? How many have that experience? Sometimes you just, I like to go back to the beginning, but you just, you, you have that experience. When, when there's first love in your life that overflows, you find yourself bearing fruit without really thinking about it ahead of time. You know? You're next to somebody on a plane and you just get to share something with them and then, and boom, the presence of God is there. Somebody's getting touched or, you know what I mean? You didn't go on that plane going, maybe you did. And that's okay if you did, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look for someone to tell. It's like, that's great if you do that. I love to be intentional. I, yes, do that. But, but you know what? I find that the powerful experiences are when I'm at work. You know, for years I worked in manufacturing and warehouse work and, and I could, I got to see the Lord show up so many times in places like that. And um, especially with physical labor, you know, people are always kind of banging themselves up or getting sore. And there's a good chance to pray for people. I saw backs healed and elbows and wrists and, you know, and, and non-believers getting healed. And, and uh, or you just get to share with somebody, you know, you're the one. And somehow people know that you, some people sense that you're a safe place when you walk with the Lord, you know. And you get guys... In a warehouse, you know, tough guys all of a sudden, like, getting super vulnerable and telling you about how they're, like, you know, him and his girlfriend are having a rough time or, or you know, or his marriage or, you know, and, and, and it's in those moments that you find yourself just bearing fruit. Well, I'm just loving Jesus walking around. And so, and so abiding. Hmm. So it's not the lack of fruit that's really the issue. It's the lack of connection. And Jesus is looking for connection. And so I want to give you three, um, three keys right now. And the first one is, uh, I gave them both two names. So sense or recognize his presence. Sense or recognize. And I, and I love this because I, I remember in the early days, even though I experienced the Lord radically in my personal life, I found that sometimes I would get into striving, trying to get, trying to work hard into the presence of God. You know, like, let's get, let's go into the presence of God. Lord, where are you? You know, and, and you, sometimes when we're, when we're desperate, we, we do that, you know, and, um, and sometimes when we're not, we still do it. And, and, and so we are working for the presence of God. And, Somebody gave a definition of religion, and I know that there's true religion. Religion is not really a bad word. Jesus talks about true religion. He takes care of the orphan and the widow. But we, when we reference religion, we're also often talking about a list of rules and how we earn our righteousness. And most religions of the world, all religions of the world, are trying to earn acceptance from some God they don't even know. And, um, and, so, um, and so we're not striving to get into the presence. We have to understand, you know what Jesus paid for? Didn't, he didn't just pay for the forgiveness of sins. He paid so that we could abide. What Jesus paid for was a beautiful union that we would have. Like forgiveness is just how you get in the door. Being born again, you're in the door. After that, you know, we just had that wedding on Friday. And, you know, Hollywood movies always end at the wedding. Or when they fall in love. Yay, everything's good now. I'm like, oh, everything just started. We'll see how you are in 25 years. Let's say a sequel to this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, because now the work begins. And, and, um, and so, uh, anyway, side note. And so, uh, sense, recognize, right, but love is a choice. That's my point, you know. And, and, um, and, uh, and so weddings are beautiful, but they're the beginning. But that's what Jesus was looking for. Jesus paid for a union. Union and communion. That's what Jesus paid for. I want you to know me. And I want to know you. And um, wow. And so the first step is that we sense or recognize God's presence. Well, I can hear this morning. Recognize. How many recognize the presence of God that's with us right now? Isn't that amazing? And the presence of God is with us in our fellowship. The presence of God is, is manifest in worship time. And in the time of teaching, there's the manifest presence of God. And he's here. And there's an anointing for this time. And so, rather than saying, where are you? Rather, we go, you're here. And as soon as I begin to recognize what happens, I begin to experience. And, um, and so, uh, 
I love, there's a lot of verses in the Bible about this, but Romans 8, 6 says that the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. So it's not really about where's the Spirit, it's where's your mind. And experiencing more of God's presence has everything to do with focus. And so, number one step is just recognize. We don't have to try, because you're already loved. You're already a new creation. Your acceptance is decided. Listen, if you've got guilt and condemnation on your life, there is none for you in Christ. That's been settled. You're a loved, you're a loved child. That means that God's never going to deal with you like a foreigner. He's always going to deal with you like a son or a daughter. How do you deal with your kids? You know what I'm saying? You know, if my son, you know, he's 20 now, so he can't get called to the principal's office. But if my son, when, you know, when he was a kid, if he, if he ended up in the principal's office for something, do you know what? I want him to grow and learn that whatever he did to get into that principal's office is not a good way to live. And if you don't learn it now, you're not going to have a good life if you carry that into your adulthood. But if I walk in to that principal's office, and that principal is screaming at my kid, calling him names, putting him down. I'm going to forget so fast whatever he did wrong to get in that office. And I'm going to start protecting my son. Hey, that's my son. You don't get to talk to him like that. You know, and, and, and so why do I say that? Because this is how God thinks about us. That he's never condemning us. So he's always present and we get to abide. All right. So live aware. Right? When we live aware, God will surprise you. This is what, one thing I love about the Lord is how you can be driving down the road or you can be watching a movie or you can be in the grocery store. How many have had that experience? You know, and all of a sudden you're just overcome by the affection. And the more that we are aware of that, the more we'll experience, which brings me to my next point. You know, um, before I say that, practically speaking, I, I learned, I worked that out um, years ago. I learned how to stay aware or how to recognize the presence of God with distractions. So in the manufacturing place, in the warehouses, I would practice the presence, as we call it, and I'd have a goal. I'm going to stay aware of the presence of God all day, no matter what. And I got to talk to other people. I got to talk to my boss. I got important things to do. And I got to have other things going on in my head. But I know this, it's God's will that I will be connected with him at all times. So I was on a journey how to how to host the presence, you know, not just for other people. Yes, other people benefit, but so that him and I will live in love all day long, no matter what I'm doing. You know, as a new when when I had babies, I used to love just to go all out. You know, I still do all out and worship. Right. But when you have a newborn baby, now I got to make sure that that nobody's whacking that baby with a flag or or anything, you know, like I got to, so, you know, and so is that going to keep me out of the presence? Well, I can't get in the presence today because I got a baby in my arms. And I remember as a young father going, no, this is an opportunity for me to grow in my connection with the Lord. And so I thought I may not be able to twirl and dance, but I can sure worship the Lord and be in the presence because my son's a blessing, not a hindrance. And so, and so we learn to focus on the presence and the next the next point, so value or focus on the presence, keys to abiding. I skipped one. I said um, sense and recognize, right? And so um, a testimony for that would be I, I was sharing about the presence of God. I, a, guy, um, a guy at another church across the country, um, young leader, he, he called me one day and he goes, Hey, what you were talking about? He goes, I had my first experience today on a job site. We were out. He's a pastor. But he, anyways, dad's the pastor. He works in the church, but he also does roofing. And, and he was out doing a roof. And he goes, we're out on the, a roofing job. This other guy showed up. He wasn't really supposed to be out there, but it was a divine appointment. We ended up praying for him. And for the first time, I experienced the tangible presence of God outside of church. This is a spirit-filled believer. And I don't saying that. I'm just saying that was so exciting for me because I'm like, oh, this is life. I'm so excited. And I knew this. Like, once that door is open, your whole life's different. And I'm like, he's never going to be the same. And he never has. You know, even the, his eyes are just lit up more than ever. And, and, um, and so sense him. Sense and recognize. The second was 
value and focus. And so once I've recognized the presence of God, we practice this in the school a lot, well, just in life. But I, well, once you've recognized the presence of God, now we focus. In other words, Holy Spirit is not a feeling. He's God. And so when I sense his presence, I'm going to give him my attention. And because I have to? No. Because God's here. And I go, oh. And by focusing, I, I, I put value on that. I'm, you know, if, if, I, if, if Chelsea, my daughter here, comes in the room and, and um, I just ignore her, you know, sometimes we are just reading or whatever. But if she comes in and she goes, hey, Dad, and I just go, I just ignore her, is she going to feel valued? No, and I love her so much that when she comes in, I'm going to recognize her. So we do that with God. And as we recognize and focus on the presence, in other words, it actually becomes the focus of my life. That the most important thing happening in my life is the presence of God. And now I'm abiding. So we learn to live aware. And and so if, if, if I don't know if there's anybody here today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything, but if there's anybody here today where you feel like there's 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 locations in my life there's, there's times of the day or times in the week or maybe when I go to work or when I go to this place, I don't, I feel like I'm not, I don't, I don't experience God. I get bummed out over here. I, I, you know, because sometimes we compartmentalize our lives. And so I go to church and I'm really happy, which I'm always, you know, I'm, we're usually happy to be at church. But then, but when you go to work, we can have the same joy. And, and we can have the same presence. And, and so if that's you today and you have any, God's just breaking those compartments because, because God's plan for, for Weaverville is an outpouring of his presence. Like there's people all over this city that are really hungry for this God that we know. That, you know, I, I remember just looking around at people and feeling this life of God, the Spirit of God moving around in me. I remember one day just having this revelation. Have you ever thought this? If these people understood what I'm experiencing right now, like, like I could give them the teaching, but if they, could, if they could be in here with me, if they could experience what I'm experiencing, they'd all want you. Not one person would not want this peace, joy, Love. Not one person doesn't want that. Everybody's trying to get it from somewhere. There's only one place you can get it. And um, and so I just declare that you are, you know what? You got the fountain living inside of you. And wherever you go is a place of outpouring. You know, people go, God's everywhere. I believe that. But he's definitely everywhere you go. I mean, are we the temple? Then he's everywhere you go. If he wasn't there before you got there, he is afterward. And then so the third key is to prioritize and to turn aside. And I think this is really so key. Is that once I recognize God's presence in my life and and I and I and I have uh, I value that presence. What that often means is that sometimes, even in a meeting or, or in a conversation, you may just, you know, when you're fellowshipping and you both feel the presence of God, sometimes it's, I like to just remember, like, you know, the Lord didn't come here as an observer. He's actually the most important person here. And so we don't want to talk about him like he's, like he can't hear us. You know what I mean? We can say, we can say, wow, uh, it's okay to say, wow, I feel the presence of the Lord. We say that all the time. But you know what else I love to say? Lord, we recognize your presence. Thank you for coming. We love you so much. Mm. And, uh, and so that's what it means to prioritize, to turn aside. You know, when Moses at the burning bush, that's what he did. He turned aside. Moses, he recognized it. He's like, hmm, I perceive something's different. You know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he was so spiritual, and and but he but he turned aside and he went, and when he did that, what happened? His encounter with God increased. You know, if you come, if you're here or at your house or whatever, it, 
if, if you end up in the presence of God in church, up here, maybe on the floor or standing or, or wherever you are, I would just encourage you to take a moment. To turn aside means, you know, I can be anywhere and turn aside. I can be in the grocery store and turn aside and not really look weird. Sometimes it might look a little weird, but like, but like, by weird, I just mean, I don't know if I told you guys this story. One time, one time I was, I was working in a warehouse, in a manufacturing place, Parker Plastics in Lower Lake, California. I, I, it's one of my favorite stories, so maybe I've told it, but I was sitting there just abiding. And my, I ran this machine, it's a CNC machine, maybe some of you guys know what that is, and, and, um. And uh, so there's there's work to do in between, but if I, I was good at it, I'd done it a while. So you get all that done and have like two minutes while the thing's still running. So um, so I would just, I'm just abiding. Wow. Getting refreshed by the Lord. Just go ahead and do that yourself right now if you want. And uh, and I'm sitting there. And this guy that I, that I had been sharing the Lord with for quite some time, he'd become a friend of mine. His name was Billy. And um, and uh, Billy, thankfully, was uh, had gotten set free. Well, I don't know if he was set free, but he was uh, he was clean from uh, from drugs and alcohol. And um, and uh, I opened my eyes, and Billy was like right here, and he was like he had this look of wonder in his eyes and amazement. He was just like, I mean, he was just, he was just looking at me, and I, I was like I opened my eyes, and I go. I guess I was visibly moved, you know, but I thought I was by myself. I didn't know anybody was around. And, and, um, and he goes, wow, I didn't know what was happening, but I didn't want to interrupt you. It looked so amazing. You know? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, just, and so it was just an opportunity to, to explain to him, like, oh, I was just, oh, I was just getting uh, refreshed by the Lord. And, and so, um, so when you turn aside, it increases. And so um, I learned a lot more about this about three years ago. Just the Lord took me deeper in this. And I, when God's doing like a, like a first love work in my life, and it's the best way that I could describe it. And I'm so thankful for it. You know, you cannot make these things, you cannot make it happen. What we can do is abide. That means we can be a great landing pad for Holy Spirit. But we can't, we can't work anything up. What we can do the best is respond. I believe we can initiate by worship and praise and, and expressing our love for Him. But you guys, do you realize even that, what seems like initiation, is too late? It's already still a response to something God's already done in your life. And so what we can do is we can respond. And I love that because it takes all the work out of it. And I, I, I came up with this very complicated prayer. And I would say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Please don't stop. I recommend it. It's a good prayer. He likes it. He takes you up on it. And so, um, so, so, so prioritize turn aside includes that we pause, we reflect, we yield, and we thank. If you thank him, it's very simple. Thank you. Thank you, God. Even the slightest touch of the Lord, he feels peace. And so, thank you, Lord. And what happens when we're abiding is people get touched on accident. Did I tell you guys the story on the plane last when we were up here doing testimonies? It's a great testimony about this. It was a uh, Tur- young Turkish guy. Oh, I wanted to tell you this, but, uh, but for sake of time, I'd already wished we'd left more time for testimonies for the team that week. So I didn't tell you the story. So it fits perfectly here. Okay, so so we we had two weeks in Germany. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you guys. Um, and uh, we had two weeks in uh, Germany, and um, <clears throat> and uh, we were there ministering in a school of revival. For those of you who maybe weren't here a couple weeks ago when we did that uh, testimony week, and uh, some people got healed. Huh. If you got healed in that meeting and you're here today, raise your hand. Praise God. There's somebody. One, two, three of you. Yay, God. Four. Praise God. And over here, how's the shoulder? Is it, you had the shoulder. Is it, is it 100%? Yay, God. Isn't that amazing? 
Thank you, Lord. David filled me in on on the, some of the importance of these miracles that happened here after that. I was just rejoicing. So we're on this long plane ride, okay? It's 13 and a half hours from Istanbul to San Francisco. We flew Turkish Airlines, so we went through Turkey. Hallelujah. And, um, and so um, on the long flight, we took a quick nap. Uh, a few hours now, I thought my plan was sleep up front, you know, in the front of the flight and then hang out for the last 10 hours with everybody. And um, it's a big plane, two aisles, there's a little more room, and we're up moving around. I'm moving around as much as I can. And, and um, so at one point in the flight, we've just had an amazing week of like outbreak of the Holy Spirit and, and the students, the students did it all. They, they preached and evangelized, and people got healed and Really cool. Just really great fruit. So we're on our way home. And there was like six or seven of us kind of huddled. And I guess that is a little strange on a plane. But, but they're like kind of huddled around in the aisle just talking. And I, I came up and kind of joined it. And we're all, we all kind of got, we're like all kind of connected. And we're just in love with each other at the end of the trip. You know what I mean? Because you've been through, <laughs> Mike and Heidi were there. And uh, this is Mike and Heidi, you guys. And, um, and, uh, and so... We're, and we're just actually just like encouraging each other. We ended up ministering to each other. We're prophesying and praying for different ones in the circle as the Lord leads. It was just this overflow of the love of God there. And um, it's so good. And so all of a sudden this young Turkish young man, I don't know, maybe he was 30. I don't know if he was 30 yet. Um, comes up and he says, are you guys okay? And I said, I said, uh, uh, Paul said, always be ready to give an account of the hope that you have. And people see that hope and they ask you about it. And it's the best time. It's the best kind of witnessing because they've asked you about something they see. And so, um, and they must have liked it or they wouldn't have asked. And so, so he, he says, uh, you guys okay? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. Thanks. Uh, well, why are you guys, was there a funeral or something? Why are you guys all like this? And I said, oh, we just love each other. And, uh, and he goes, uh, and um, and I, so I, I introduce he I introduce myself I'm Brandon and he he tells me his name and and he and he's from Turkey and he says uh, it means light of God and there's airplane noise which God uses all kinds of stuff right so I didn't quite hear I thought he said gods with a plural light of gods and I said light of gods and he said no light of God we believe in one God and I said oh we believe in one God too and um, and uh, and, uh, and I almost asked him what he believes, and the Lord stopped me, and he said, don't ask that question. And I said, okay. And then, I, and then he just downloaded the understanding, and he just said, if you ask that question and he believes something different, now you'll be at odds. But right now he's receiving everything you say. And I said, oh, yeah. And I thought, the Lord's so wise. It, <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't really matter what he believes anyway, does it? Jesus is still Jesus. And so... And so uh, I said, my name also means light. It means beacon light. And, uh, and, and he goes, oh, and, and I said, and actually, that's why we're all standing around here, because of the light. Jesus is the light. And, um, and he goes, oh, and uh, so we start talking. And I said, well, what are you guys doing? And he goes, we're going to California, and we're, taking a, we're going to take a little vacation. And, and all of a sudden, I just feel stuff start to stir in my spirit, in my heart, and I go, I said, man, the Bible says that desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And you know what? God wants to fulfill your desires as a sign of his love for you. And, um, and uh, he goes on. And his wife had walked up. She's got her head covered. Not her face, but just her head. And, um, and, uh, and I said, oh, great. He goes, this is my wife. He introduced us. I said, great to meet you. Do you guys have kids? No, we haven't been able to have kids. And... and um, I said, oh, and I thought, oh, and I just felt God's love. And I thought, I think this is the desire. Like, and um, I said, man, I, I would love to pray for you that God will give you children. I asked him if he wanted children. Yeah. We, can I pray for you that God, God will bless you with children? And he said, yeah. And um, I said, great. Can I lay hands on you? And he says, well, maybe not her, but me. And I said, oh, of course. Uh, well, can you just put your hand on your wife's shoulder? And he let me put both my hands on him. And, and, I just, and I just prayed for him. I said, 
Lord, thank you for this man. And, you know, I just prayed some simple prayer. Like, I just pray that you would bless him with children, God. And, and I just prayed a simple prayer for him. And, and I probably slipped something in, like, you know, just show him your love. And, and, um, and so, and at, at the end, he said to me this. He said, uh, he said, um, if we have a child and it's a boy, I will name him. I don't know how they say it in Turkish. Jesus or whatever. It's it's how they say Jesus in Turkish. And he said, yeah, he said, if I if we have a child that's a boy, I'll name, we'll, I'll name him Jesus. And again, the plane noise was working in my favor. And I said, um, I said, uh, if you have a boy, you'll follow Jesus. And he said... <laughs> It was really God. Like, I wasn't trying to be like, it was just God was using it all, but I realized how bold it was now. And I said, I go, if you, if you have a boy, you'll follow Jesus? He said, no, I'll name him Jesus. And I said, and I said, oh, I believe God is going to meet that. I believe God is going to honor that. And, um, and it was so amazing. But you know what? That fruit, I can't wait to hear someday what God did with that. You know, because someday we're going to know. We'll all celebrate together because we're all going to be there. And um, But uh, that's a long time from now. But um, but I love that because, you know what was happening? We literally were just enjoying God together. Someone came up and asked. And, oh, we accidentally had some fruit. And, and, and that really is the key. And so I just believe um, that there is uh, an upgrade um, in abiding in the presence today and and just in closing you know may, a lot of christians feel distant from god and and are like where's god's presence and i just want to encourage you that um if that's the case it the the only issue is a wrong belief such good news you know do you know what the best thing about elias it's not true <laughs> It's good news, right? Devil's been lying. Well, good news, it's not true. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the best part about lying. It's not true. And um, and so, um, <laughs> you know, the, the fact is, <laughs> that's a good word. The fact is, physically, we can get no closer to God than we already are because he lives inside of us. When we talk about getting closer to God, it's relationally. Physically, we can't get any closer. He's inside of you. But relationally, we'll never stop getting closer. And, um, and so if you feel that today, I'm just, would you stand? I'm going to pray for you today. And, um, and uh, we're going to receive together an upgrade. Because I said, when, when, the Lord, when the Lord began to talk to us about coming up here, uh, I just thought I'd share this with you. And we'll repeat it. But, um, but I said, I asked the Lord when, when this in November, when, when this started to stir about the possibility of becoming the next uh, pastor here at Mountain Chapel, I was in my driveway and I said, Lord, I finally said, Lord, what do you think? And, um, and instead of him directly answering me, something arose in my heart. And I said, I don't want to go without connection. I don't want to go without covering. And I don't want to go without a move of the Holy Spirit. I just don't want to go anywhere without that. And um, we don't have to. And um, but that was just what I said, and I thought, and I just felt the pleasure of God about it. And and I, and I, you know, Mountain Chapel, I just I just hear a phrase over and over in my spirit, and I have since then. And and um, and spiritually speaking, remember when I say this phrase, because I know that. But fire in the mountains, like I know that natural fire here is not a good idea, but but spiritual fire is. And um, and I believe it's uh, listen, I'm declaring that to you. It's the word of the Lord. I, I just believe that fire in the mountains is God's heart for Weaverville, that the people of Weaverville will taste and see that the Lord is good. Not only that, that people will come here to taste. And um, and uh, what a beautiful place to encounter God. And um, and so, Father, I thank you for upgrades today, for grace to abide. God, I thank you that it's easy that you've done all the work. You've done all the work and we just, you said your work is this, that you believe. <laughs> so we believe today that we're abiding and, and um, yeah, yeah.
Yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know if you guys normally do. Is there anybody here? I, if there's anybody here that's like a prayer team or whatever, if you just want to come forward and... Uh, should I hand it over? Okay. Um, great. We've got, we've got people that are ready to pray today. And so today, if you were stirred uh, in this time, I believe actually just in the teaching that an impartation has, um, has happened. But today, if you just want more of that, I want to invite you to come forward and... Uh, People want to lay hands on you, want to minister to you, want to agree, um, just for an overflow in your life. So, Father, thank you. Have your way with us. I thank you for the future that we have together here, Lord. As we run together as the family of God, I thank you that we get to see, God, what you do. And we say, Lord, your presence is, uh, is key. God, you, you are the point. Your presence is the point. And so we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.